Welcome everybody to the Troy First Assembly of God podcast. We created this podcast to share our weekly messages from the Word of God, and we're so glad that you're here. All right, guys, let's have a word of prayer and let's open our heart and see what God wants to say to us. Father, in Jesus' name, we open our lives before you. Lord, we didn't come here to to just show up on Mother's Day. We didn't come here to get a picture or to get a flower. God, we came because we want to hear your word. And God, as your word is taught, God, you speak to us through your scripture. Father, through your word, talk to us, God. It's the desire of our heart to come closer to you, to know you more. And Father, to have your image be born on the inside of us. So speak to us, God, in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. All right, we are in a series called How God Speaks. And we've been talking for now three weeks about how God talks to us. And so we have, we've been through several things about how God wants to speak to us. And last time we were together about this, a week ago Sunday, we talked about how Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. So hearing is not the problem. The problem comes in learning to listen. We can hear him. The Bible says we can hear him. And we saw that great promise out of Jeremiah where God says, you will seek me, you will look for me, and I will make sure that you find me when you look for me with your whole heart. Great promises there. So as we begin today's message, I got two things I specifically want to say to the moms and grandmas in the room. And it's because of love. It's because a mom's love is, is it's just a little different. And I'm not negating a dad's love, but I'm telling you, there is, something, there is a reason that when somebody makes it in professional sports, even though it's dad that's been out there teaching them how to catch that ball and hit that ball, when they make it in professional sports and they put the camera on them, they all say, hi, mom. It's like, I was the one out there teaching you. I was the one out there throwing the ball. But there's something about a mom. And so I want to say to all the moms in the room, and, and this is to anybody that has influence in somebody else's life, whether you gave birth to them or not. All the moms in the room, the spiritual moms, the natural moms, the two most important, the two most effective things you can do for the kids and grandkids that you love. The most important, the most effective. The first one, very simple. Biggest thing you can do for your child is you connect yourself with God. Connect to God yourself. And the reason I'm saying this is you will never have enough. You will never be enough alone and on your own to meet all of your kids' needs. If you hadn't figured that out yet, hang around just a little bit. That precious angel is going to have something come up in their lives that you yourself can't fix. It is humanly impossible for you to be everything your kids need and for you to have everything your kids have. So if you truly love your child, if you really love your grandkids, then the best thing for you to do is become more than human by getting a connection with a living God who can live on the inside of you. A God who is always more than enough. I want you to look at something the Bible says. And it's easy because this is in the first part of, of 2 Timothy. It's easy to skip over it like it's part of the, the greeting. But look at what Paul tells Timothy. Paul says, I know. I am mindful. I get it. 
I am mindful of the sincere faith that is living in you, Timothy. Now, guys, get me. Timothy, up next to Paul, is a major mover and shaker in the New Testament. Timothy is incredibly influential in the churches in the area around Greece and in the churches in the area around Ephesus in Turkey. He is a major player. And two of the books of the Bible are there because Paul is instructing Timothy, this kid who is a major player. And Paul says, I know that the faith that's on the inside of you first lived in your grandmother. And then it lived. Anybody understand what the word dwells means? Dwells means to live. The faith that is in you, Timothy, first lived in your grandma. For you ever got here, that faith was alive in your grandmother. That faith was alive in your mother Lois. And I am certain that it, the same faith, is alive in you as well. Let me ask you ladies, if you truly love your child, what in the world could you give them? I know everybody's concerned about good dental health and getting them all the right opportunities and getting them to sports practice and making sure they get good grades, and I get it. But you tell me, what can you impart? What can you give them? What can you will them that's going to stand your child in a better spot than you giving them your connection with the Lord? Your real and alive connection with God. I'm just telling you, you connecting with God is not just about you. Your connection with God passes down the line. And not to negate anything about men, but look what this scripture leaves out. There's not a word about Timothy's dad or granddad. That's because Timothy's dad was an unbeliever. He was a Greek. He didn't believe. Timothy's grandma and Timothy's mother were the only Christians in his life. But they had this effect on Timothy to the point that, like I said, he becomes a major player in that first century church. So the best thing you can do for your child is you connect with God. What we're talking about in this message. The next thing, and I'm talking about the second biggest thing you are able to do for your children, and not as a last resort, as a primary, is pray for your children. Talk to God about your kids. I know it's important to talk to your kids about God. I know it's important that you teach your children. Amen? But you know what's more important? Talk to God about your kids. Talk to the Lord about your kids, about your grandkids. Just think for a second. How many of us in this room very likely would not even be here if it were not for a praying mom or a praying grandma. Anybody in that club? I am. I'm talking about somebody who, regardless of my behaviors at the time, was standing in faith, believing God for me. The Bible says the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous person. It doesn't say man. The word there is neuter gender-wise of a righteous person, avails much, gets a lot done. And ladies, you can provide your child with every opportunity in the world, but nothing you do for them 
will do for them what your prayers can do for them. And one last word about this before I leave it. And not for guilt, for love. Ladies, if you love your kids, if you love your grandkids, we're in 2023 right now. Is there anybody here other than me that you had a mom or a grandma that knew how to pray? Anybody? How many of you that had a mom or grandma that knew how to pray? That mom and grandma is in heaven with Jesus. Mine are, both of them. So I'm asking you, where are the ones in 2023? Think it through, guys. Yes, we have technology. Yes, we have ways to connect with each other. Yes, we have ways to research the Bible that our parents didn't know anything about. But you tell me, do your kids, do your grandkids need to be taken before the throne any less than you did? I submit to you that the kids of today need your prayers more. They are facing things that you and I never had to face. Amen? And they need your prayers. They need. And the last thing I'm going to say about it, I am grateful to the Lord. I had a grandma that prayed for me. But you know, there's only one way in the world for your kids to have a praying mom. For your kids to have a praying grandma. Only one way. you got to turn into one. It's the only way your kids can have the heritage that many of you were given is that you've got to turn into one. And again, this is not about guilt. This is about love and the true meaning of Mother's Day. Mother's Day, God, the reason we honor mothers is because these are women who sacrifice for us. Amen? They give and give and give, and at the end of a Mother's Day, you know what they do? They give some more. So could we, before we go on, could we just thank God for all the moms? Could we just thank God? And before we go on, I want to pray for every mom, every spiritual mom in the place. Would you join with me? Father, we pray right now for every mom, for every grandmother, Father, for every great-grandmother. And Lord, we thank you, Lord God, that they connect to you. And God, we thank you for the prayers of these ladies, these faithful women. And God, we ask you for one thing this morning. Draw them closer to you. God, your relationship to them. Father, pour into every mother here. Lord God, from your Holy Spirit, just pour into them. They give out and give out and give out so much. God, you pour into them. Refresh them. Renew them. Spring up within them like a spring of living water, Lord God. Oh, and Father God, draw them close to yourself. Father, so that praying for their kids, praying for their grandkids, is, is the most natural thing in the world, that they do it all the time. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Which is the perfect segue into the message for today. We've been talking about hearing God's voice. But guys, if we have any hope of ever hearing God talk to us, we're going to have to grab a hold of one important fact. The Word of God, the voice of God, is valuable. Is valuable. The Word of God is prized. It's precious. I want you to look at what the scripture says. When God takes out talking to an eight-year-old boy who had never heard God before. Now get it, because 
an eight-year-old boy who didn't know it was God heard God talk. So there are no prerequisites here. It's not like you got to be saved this many years and you got to have this much Bible and you got to... Y'all understand, God talked to Samuel and Samuel was an eight-year-old boy who three different times had no clue who was talking to him. Every time God talked to Samuel, Samuel runs in and says, Eli, what you want? And Eli said, I wasn't talking to you, son. Finally, Eli gets it and says, it's God talking to you. You don't have to have any prerequisites. But look what the scripture says in the opening of the book of Samuel, 1 Samuel. The boy Samuel was attending to the service of the Lord in front of Eli, the priest. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. Now, I know that for us, the word rare means infrequent, scarce, limited supply. And yes, that is a secondary meaning of this Hebrew word here. But guys, the word in Hebrew that's used here most often is translated precious, valuable, treasured. A secondary meaning is infrequent, rare. When the Bible says the word of the Lord was rare, the Bible is telling us the word of the Lord is to be valued. Like precious stones, like pearls, like times your kids obey the first time. Precious, rare, doesn't happen every day. If we really want to hear God speak, we're going to have to set a value on hearing God's voice. Because as it turns out, people make time, people make room, people make resources for what they really value in life. I don't care who you are. You make time for what you value, you make place for what you value. You make resources for what you value. You don't believe me? Find a guy that's into boats. Find a guy that's into guns. Find a guy that's into classic cars or trucks. Find a lady that's into, I don't know what ladies get into. I don't want to be sexist here, but whatever it is you're into. I mean, ladies will sneak away from their husband to go to whatever it is they're into. They just get, I don't know if it's shoes or purses or shopping or what. Again, all those sound so sexist to me. I mean, ladies, if you're into skydiving, some of y'all, you prioritize it, whatever your thing is. But hear me say, you will prioritize whatever your thing is. You'll find a way. Even when you ain't got no time, you ain't got no money. How many of y'all know the busiest people find time to do what they want to do? Let me give you a biblical example that you may have never put together in your life. I didn't until this week, and I was just reading it, and the Lord just said, hmm, the same guys who could not, the night before Jesus went to the cross, the same boys who loved Jesus, walked with him for three years, who could not stay awake with him when he said, my soul is anguished unto death. I need you boys to pray with me. The guys who could not stay awake to pray with Jesus on the most crucial night of his earthly life managed to stay up all night and fish when it was money. They didn't make anything about, we've toiled all night fishing, Lord. See, it's, it's not about tired. It's about priority. It's not about time. It's not about don't have money, don't have a way, don't have a... It's about priority. You prioritize what you prioritize. I mean, when Rebecca and I were running the, the marathon, 
We came to, on our schedule, we came to the day where we had to do the longest run before the, the, the race. And we had committed. We'd paid the money. We were going to do the race. We were so into it. And, and the day my mother got married for the fifth time, I performed the ceremony. The day my mother got married, she's 72, she fell in love, I married her to this guy. The day of that wedding, on my schedule, we had to run 22 miles, the longest run before the marathon. And I told Rebecca, I said, I got this wedding at 10 in the morning. What are we going to do? I can't, you know what we did? Two in the morning, we set our alarm clock. We broke in to the racetrack, the, the field at the high school, broke in because it was lit and safe. And on a quarter mile track, we'd run this way and run that way. And run this way and run that. So we wouldn't put stress on our knees turning just one direction. And so 22 miles on a quarter mile track, that's 88 revolutions. And so about 3.30 in the morning, we're not even near done. And we're both out here running and the police come. <laughs> Kid you not. Lights, no siren, but lights. And I'm out there running and I, I look just like the rhino off Jumanji. I'm just telling you, I was... <laughs> Policeman came in, motioned me over to the fence and said, son, what are you doing? And I told him, I said, my mom's getting married. I got to perform the ceremony and I got to get 22 miles in. And so I finished that run that morning at like nine in the morning. It took me like seven hours to run 22 miles. Don't judge. You run 22 miles. Shut up. <laughs> I finished that run nine in the morning. I'm standing there marrying my mother, I'm wearing a robe because she wanted me to wear a robe. So I borrowed my pastor's robe, wearing a robe, and I'm just sweating down. I'm just, because I was still hot from the run. I got a shower, but it didn't matter. I was just, and the policeman said, what in the world? Why are you out here? And I said, we signed up to do this race, and I'm going to do it, and I'm not going to hurt myself, and I have to get 22 miles in today. I got to. So two in the morning was what we did. Guys, you do what you got to do for what you value. You just do. And we will never hear God's word. We'll never hear God talk to us if we don't set a value on it. Now, let's go from here and just segue to some very, very simple, very practical. If you want to talk to God and have God talk to you, let's just do this. And don't go to the next slide. Hold on to it. I'll, I'll ask you when to go. If, if I said, Adam, I got something I want to talk to you about, and I want to get your input. I want you to talk to me. What would be the next step of me getting to talk to Adam and Adam talking to me? Just in the natural. I'm not talking about a spiritual thing. Naturally. You come up and say, well, you want to talk to me. Well, now's not a good time. I'm preaching. So then what would we do? Make plans, make time, make an uh, Now slide, please. Make an appointment, set an appointment. I know it sounds basic and simple, but watch right here. Have you ever told another human being, we ought to get together sometime for lunch. We ought to spend some time together. Is that an appointment? Have you ever said that to somebody you don't want to have lunch with? <laughs> Somebody you have no intention of spending any time with. Yeah. We ought to get together sometime. That'd be good. Yeah, we'll make plans to do that sometime. Guys, if they never make plans to do it, take the hint. They, honestly, 
How do you know I want to talk to you and I want to hear what you have to say? Well, if I'm going to meet with Alan, watch right here. Watch what an appointment is not. Alan, can you have lunch Thursday at 11.30? When can you get off work? What time are you off? Midnight. All right, so if I get a nap and stay up, and I want to meet with you at 12.30, and I'll take you somewhere and buy you breakfast, you can meet with me. And if we set an appointment for Thursday, midnight 30, is it an appointment just by saying Thursday, midnight 30, we have a time, what don't we have? A place. It's not an appointment if you hadn't made a place. Appointment is an agreement, a time, and a place. Look what the scripture says. I want you to get this. The Lord said, to, they're standing at the foot of Sinai, by the way. The Lord says to Moses, go to the people, consecrate them today and tomorrow, have them wash their garments, and have them ready for the third day. And on the third day, the Lord himself is going to come down on Mount Sinai inside of all the people. What did God just do? He set an appointment. There was a time and a place and a preparation. There's a preparation, a time, and a place. Look at verse 19, same chapter, just a few verses later. And when the blast of the trumpet sounded long and became louder and louder, Moses spoke and God answered him. Somebody that can read English, please finish. By voice. You know what? If I want to have lunch with Quentin and I want to get Quentin's thoughts on something, I got to say, can we get together a certain time? Can we get together a certain place? Is that a good day for you? Can we? It's not an appointment unless you have a place and a time and we're, we're agreed. We're going to meet there. Anything less than that is not an appointment. Well, pastor, that just doesn't sound very spiritual. Well, honey, let me ask you, if God wanted to talk to you, could he? When could he break into your schedule? When could he break into your time? And you know what? If I'm in the middle of work, it's not the best time to call me. It's not the best time to try to have a conversation with me. Anybody else got a job? Anybody know what I'm talking about? If I, my mind is somewhere else. Or watch right here. If it's right after school and I'm getting snacks and I got three kids running around, and I, that is not the best time to get my full attention. It is it's not. Guys, set a time and a prepared place. God says he's going to talk to Hosea. And you know what he tells Hosea? Go to the top of the tower on this day, and I'll talk to you there. A set, prepared place. Guys, God comes to a prepared atmosphere. He comes to a place where there's a preparation made. And I want you to get this. This is a, it's a kind of a, a, an overarching point, but it's one you can easily see. God only took six days to create the earth. But you know what he took a whole day to do? Make the atmosphere. Crazy. But the Bible says the first day, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was void and without form. And then on the, on the next day, all he did was he separated the waters down low from the waters above, and he pulled them apart, and he created an atmosphere. And the Bible says he's done for the day. The evening and the morning were the, were the second day. We're done. Why? Because what enables the earth to sustain life that the moon doesn't have? An atmosphere. 
We got air, we got oxygen, we got water, we got moisture in the air. This morning we got a little too much moisture in the air, but we still got... We have an atmosphere. God comes to a prepared place. And if you don't... And guys, if you need any, any other convincing of this, of all the human beings that ever walked the earth, why in the world would Jesus get up early, set a time and a place, and go and remove himself from people to go and pray? Of all the people who ought not need to pray, I mean, I've often wondered, Jesus praying, he is God. If he needed set a time and a place, and it was important enough to him. Have any of y'all ever had an appointment you didn't want to miss, so you set your alarm and your wife's? Anybody ever have an important appointment? I'm talking about a big one. Guys, if Jesus rose up while it was still dark and made time, because you know what? I don't care how many irons in the fire. You had not had as many irons in the fire as Jesus has. There's not a one of us that has crowds of 5,000 people showing up trying to get something out of us. Nobody's busier than Jesus. And Jesus set a time, set a place. Next, be still and worship. Oh my goodness, you talk about a trick in 2022. Be still. Be still. Now, i got a great object lesson. I want, to, I want to illustrate this with an object lesson. Give me one second, because i got to get it, get it together. I use it for service, and I just, I'll, be, I'll be right there. That was 45 seconds. Did it feel longer? It did to me. Anybody here impatient? Anybody here wondering, why in the world didn't he get that ready before he started? What is he flipping through those papers? That's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Guys, that's 45 seconds is all that was. I don't know about y'all. I am incapable of using the restroom without my phone. If I go into the restroom and realize I do not have my phone, I will turn around and walk out of the restroom, get my phone, and come back. I'm not anti-technology. I, I love technology. I use technology all the time. But I'm telling you, do you understand most people, according to a study, a recent study, most people do not have five minutes Per week, in their entire week, that doesn't have sensory input. You know what sensory input is? Listening to music, listening to the radio, listening to your phone, listening, watching TikTok, watching a YouTube, watching something on television, having another person talk to you, having something on your computer screen coming at you. I'm talking about five minutes. You don't get five minutes a week without sensory input. 
You want to see how your attention span has been altered by this present society, this present world? You try to take five minutes and be still. If you can keep yourself from planning lunch or next week, or if you can keep your mind from going... Anybody other than me, your mind just is in overdrive all the time? I mean, we're talking sensory input. We're talking... Have you ever been talking on the phone with somebody? This is one of my favorites. You ever be talking on the phone with somebody and all of a sudden you hear them go, uh-huh, uh-huh, and you realize they're scrolling. They are scrolling as they're talking to me. They're watching other stuff. They're going, you ever done that? Guys, most of us don't even just have one sensory input. Oh, no, we got to have multiple. We got to have several. You'd walk in my mother-in-law's house. It would just drive me crazy. Rebecca would walk in and start turning things off. She'd have the stereo going and playing a record, and she'd have a radio, and she'd have the TV, and it was just loud because their hearing aids didn't work that well. And we'd be like, ah! <laughs> this is not a young people thing. This is a people thing. But guys, you want to hear another statistic that is frightening? People who get married in 2023 have spent less than three days together without sensory input. Oh, they have time, but they're sitting side by side watching a movie. They're sitting side by side watching a, a, a television. If they're in the car, they're listening to music. They're not talking. Less than three days total spent together with no sensory input, and they're making the decision to get married. Be still. Look what the Bible says. Be still and know that I'm God. Pastor, I have trouble trusting God. I have trouble knowing that He's God. I have trouble believing and knowing that He's going to take care of it. Well, honey, are you ever still? <laughs> I know, I hate this message. Look at what else it says. Look at the next one. You won't need to fight in this battle. Position yourself and stand still. And see the salvation of the Lord. Well, see, Pastor, I can't do that because it doesn't look to me like the Lord's doing anything, so I got to be about something. I got to be working at it myself. I, if I just stand still, nothing's happening. As if you can see everything the Almighty is doing. Guys, how hard. And, and here's the kicker. Look what David says in the book of Psalms. Surely. I have stilled and quieted my own soul. I sure wish this was something God would do for me. I wish the Bible said, God, you have stilled and quieted my soul. But it doesn't. It says, I did it. I'm the one that has to say, enough. Enough with the constant parade of thought. Enough with the constant sensory input. Enough. I have to just... Guys, how many times... Does God want to Elijah you? 1 Kings 19. I looked for God. I was mad. I was alone. I was, Elijah was depressed and I, I just I had enough. And he looks for God in the whirlwind and God ain't in the whirlwind. And he looks for God in the big fire and God's not in the big fire. And he looks for God in the earthquake. God's not in the earthquake. 
Uh, my question to you is, if God were to speak to you in a still, small voice, would your life be drowning it out? How do you know he hasn't already tried? Many, many times, guys, God does just like he did to Elijah. A still, small voice. Quit trying, quit striving, quit pushing. Just let him be. As it turns out, if you prove to me that no matter how many times I try to talk to you, you're going to talk over me and you're not going to listen to me at all, it won't take too long for me to get it and shut up. If you prove to me that you're not going to listen, I'll stop talking. Now, granted, the Almighty has more patience than I do. But you know what? I fear way too many times that God's voice in our life falls into the whenever you're finished category. When you're finished and when you're ready to listen, I'm ready to talk to you. I want to talk to you. But I, at this point, I would have to break into your life. I would have to knock you flat of your back for you to even get where you can hear me, son. Be still. Worship. Just tell God how good he is. Next, pray and read the Bible. We've already talked about this. The Bible says in the early morning, while it's still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went away to a secluded place. Look at the scripture here. Early morning, still dark, Jesus gets up by himself, leaves the house, and goes away to a secluded place and prays there for a time. Now, I don't know about y'all. Sure seemed like Jesus would have a direct connection. But there's all kind of things in the life of Jesus. When you get to the day-to-day -day of Jesus, how many of y'all know, have you ever read the Gospels and you see that for everything that came up, Jesus was prepared. Jesus, it's like he knew before he got there that this was coming or that was coming. You know, the best, the best spot you can see this is when the disciples can't cast out that demon. And the boy's parents come and say, we brought the demon to your disciples, and they couldn't get him to come out. And Jesus goes, huh, come out. And the demon comes right out. And the disciples say, how come you get the demon out and we can't? And Jesus says, well, that kind of demon, he don't come out except by prayer and fasting. Well, now, hold on, Jesus. You didn't pray. He didn't pray. And you didn't fast. You just turned and said, come out. Well, either Jesus was lying, which is not the case, or he had prayed and fasted some time previous. He had prayed and fasted knowing what was coming. How do you know what's coming? Because before it got light, he got up in the morning. And he got with God and got his marching orders. He got what's coming for the day. Guys, how many things would God prepare you for? If you just take a second and go, Lord, I'm coming with no agenda. I'm coming, and I'm going to just be still, and I'm going to be quiet. I'm going to pray. I'm going to read your word, and I'm going to see what you got to say to me. And here God just talks. Guys, if we don't make an appointment, if we don't get still, if we don't talk to him and then listen, is it unreasonable to expect him to talk to us? I think so. i got to make room. Make room. Now, the, the preacher 
of Gateway Church. I love Robert Morris. I, Robert Morris is very practical, and he's southern. He's from Tennessee, so I love Robert Morris. But Robert Morris goes so far as to tell his congregation specifically what they should pray and where in the Bible to read. And so I thought I would tell you what Robert Morris says because I'm not a plagiarist. I'll tell you it's Robert Morris. But I think he's really on to something. So when you go to pray, let me tell you what you ought to pray about. It's really easy. Okay, you got your pencil? Whatever's on your heart. Whatever you're concerned about, whatever's on your heart, you're concerned about your kids, pray about your kids. You're concerned about your job, pray about your job. You're concerned about your relationship, pray about your relationship. You're concerned about finances, talk to God. Whatever's on your heart. Because you know what? God doesn't want a relationship with your version of what you think a good Christian is. He wants a relationship with you. You. The real you. Next, when it comes to reading in the Bible, there, there's a place that you really should start when you're going to go reading in the Bible. And, and Robert Morris tells them, it's really easy. You read on the inside. Most of us have the outside memorized. It's just two words, Holy Bible. I got that part. If you're going to read the Bible, you open it and start reading on the inside. Because, guys, God can talk to you out of anything. He can. I'm telling you, as somebody who God has spoken to me, I'm not a girl. I've never in my life had any of the concerns Esther had. But you know what? God has spoken to me out of the book of Esther. God's spoken to me out of the book of Ruth. I've never been beaten. But God's spoken to me out of Paul's writings about none of y'all have suffered to the point of blood yet. God has talked to me. So it's not a big deal about what do you pray about and where do you read. The fact, the fact is, is that you open up to the Lord. Read. And if you're having trouble, get a version you can understand, please. Get a version you can understand. And if you're having trouble with the discipline of it, get on the, the church's bandwagon. We, many of us in this church, we're on our fourth or fifth time through the entire Bible together. And we, we got this thing on our phone. It just pushes to the phone, and we can send it to you every morning. And if you do it every morning, you're through the whole Bible. If you want to get in, please just let me know. We'll add you to the list. It's nothing to do it, but it's easy. But get into prayer. Get into it. And then the last point, listen and write. Listen and write. The surest way for you to be able to look backwards and see that God has spoken to you is listen and write. Look what the Bible says. I love the message version of Psalm 45.1 because it really captures the, the, the feel of what the, the Hebrew words are here. Psalm 45. My heart burst, this is David, my heart burst its banks, spilling beauty and goodness. I pour it out in a poem to the king, shaping the river into words. Is that not lovely? How many of y'all know, anybody ever read the book of Psalms? David wrote some beautiful poems. He wrote some beautiful, but as it turns out, as he's pouring his heart out before the Lord, it was the word of God. How many of y'all know the Psalms is scripture? It turned into the word of God. It, get me, guys. Anybody ever read Psalms? How many of y'all know a good portion of Psalms is just David's prayers? 
It's stuff he's asking for. It's stuff. Anybody ever read those Psalms that you go, wow, because it's David, God just kill them. Kill them, they're killer children. Grind them out like a cigarette butt. God, I just ate. He's pouring his heart out before the Lord. Guys, his prayers become God speaking. And God didn't just speak to David. God has spoken to me out of David's prayers from thousands of years ago. Look at, look, look at what it says to Habakkuk. God is talking to Habakkuk and he says, The Lord answered me and said, Write it down, son. Write it down. Inscribe it clearly on tablets so that the one who reads it can run with it. Guys, I don't know why it works this way, but I do know that it works this way. There is something about the physical discipline of writing it out longhand. Can anybody in here other than me, can you think faster than you can write? I can. And you know, it's very difficult for me to, to govern my mind. Because my mind goes, you know, you know, squirrel. I mean, my mind goes in a thousand directions. But when I take the time, there's something about it going from here from my heart, traveling through my arm, and just the slowness of it, the focus of what was I writing? What am I in the middle of? Guys, sometimes you write your prayers. Sometimes you write, God, I feel like. God, I sense, I think. And hear me say, everything that comes out of your pen is not going to be the Word of God. It's just not. But that's part of the discipline of doing it. It's start writing. Is just, and, and believe me, start easy. Start with, you know, I think God might be telling me this. Or I was reading this scripture, and for the first time I saw this in it, and it reminded me of this. And that, guys, you will find by retrospect, by looking backwards, that the voice of God is starting to come through when you just go to the... It's an imposed slowness. It's an imposed focus that you bring to this relationship by writing it out longhand. It, why do you think I give you a study sheet? I don't care if you write on it. I give it to you for you. Because you know what? The truth is, even if you throw it away in the garbage can right outside the door, it does you good take notes during a message and to write it down eat just the act of writing it once if you crumble it up and throw it away the moment you walk out of here that's why we spend the money and print these things and go to all this trouble it's not because i'm giving you homework it's i'm trying every way i can from sunday to get the word of god into your heart any way i can think of and guys write it down just begin to pour out your heart to the lord Begin to, even in the little things, God, this happened and it made me think of you. God, this happened and you know what you start to see? I sound like Julie Rush, but it's, it, it, the, why do y'all think we prioritize this, this journaling class so much here? Why do you think we push it? It's because Julie really does have her hands around something that is a game changer in terms of your personal walk with the Lord and you hearing from God for yourself. The act of just getting it out. 
you start to see patterns. You start to see things. You start to, as you look back, you, you, you start to see and hear the voice of God in it. So guys, be still. Slow yourself down. Force yourself to write it in longhand. You'll be amazed when you look back and see God was there all the time. God was talking all the time. Would you stand up with us? And, and if you would, would you close your eyes and bow your heads? We, we've got a bit of time here at the end. And I'm not going to draw this out anyway. But guys, I'm promising you, your, your relationship to God can honestly change if we will value His voice, if we will put a premium if we will treasure the fact that he would talk to us. If you'll set an appointment, a time, a place of this is his. If you'll be still, take a little time and worship. Take a little time and quiet your soul. If you pray and just lay your, your concerns out in front of him. And then if you'll open his word. Open his word with an ear to hear him talk. And guys, for those of you that have said to yourselves a hundred times, I don't understand the Bible. I just don't get it. You have the author living on the inside of you. The Bible itself says that the Holy Spirit moved on people and they wrote under his influence. So if you're not understanding the Bible, take a second. Pray and talk to the Holy Spirit who lives on the inside of you. And say, Holy Spirit, you wrote this, but I don't get it. I'm, I don't even know what I'm reading here. And ask Him to open it up to you. Then, take a sec and start writing. Write it down. I'm asking God this morning to put a hunger in every person that goes to church here. To hear his voice. Because once you hear his voice, guys, it'll ruin you for church as usual. It'll ruin you for regular old mundane Christian. Read a verse a day, keep the devil away. I go to church because my mama went or my grandma went. When your relationship with Jesus starts coming real, and when Jesus starts pouring life into you. Guys, it's been a really practical message this morning. But as we close this morning, I want to open up these altars. Two reasons. One, there is nothing magical about getting out of your seat and walking down to the front. But there is something that's significant that happens when you make a decision in the presence of the Lord. And there's the real value of stepping out, coming down to the front. It's that I've made a decision. I'm going to pray with another person and set this in stone. And I'm here to tell you, if you do step out, God will meet you this morning. So, two altar calls this morning. One, for those of you that really do want to connect, you're, maybe you've had a relationship with God in the past. Maybe you haven't. Maybe, maybe you don't have a relationship with Jesus. And honestly, maybe you're standing here going, I wish that was true. I wish what that pastor's talking I wish that the God of the universe really would have something to do with me. I wish he cared enough to get in my life with me. Guys, I'm telling you, it is true. And you can have that relationship with Jesus this morning. 
It's not about church attendance. This is about you and Jesus. There's some of y'all that have had a relationship with Jesus, and you know what I'm talking about, and you've just drifted from it. So this morning, you can turn that whole thing around. You're not where you need to be with God, and you know it, but you can make it right this morning. And second, if you're standing here, and you really want to, to lean into your relationship with God, you know you're saved, you know you have a relationship with God, but you really want to lean into your relationship with God and, and give yourself to it and begin to hear Him like you've never heard Him before. I'm going to ask that, that both sets of you, would you step out of your seat right now? As our altar ministers are coming, we've got our staff, our elders, our board members are coming to pray with folks right now. And guys, if you want, if you want to make any kind of a decision this morning for Jesus, would you just step out and we're going to take just a minute and pray together. We're not going to belabor it. We're not going to take a long time. But if you want to make a decision this morning, anybody? Oh, Father, I thank you, Lord God, that you're moving in this house. Father, I thank you. Lord God. Anybody else? Guys, we're, we're, like I said, we're in great time. And, and we just want to give the Lord time to solidify what he's saying to us. What he's wanting from us. Oh, thank you, my God. Thank you, my God. Anybody else standing there going, I need to step out and I just haven't yet. We're going to hold for just one more second, guys. For you. Thank you, Lord. Come on, guys, let's all pray together. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord God, we are absolutely amazed at the fact that you want to have anything to do with us. God, that you love us enough, that you, you died for us. And Lord, you didn't just give your life for us so that you could save us but not have anything to do with us. God, you gave your life for us so that you could be close to us, so you could have a relationship with us. God, I just ask you, let your Holy Spirit right now move in and out of every one of these aisles and let your Holy Spirit draw people to yourself. Holy Spirit of God, just, just lasso our heart and pull us closer and closer to you, God. Father, we are asking that as we set an appointment, as we set a time, Father, as we work at stilling ourselves, God, as we lean in and listen, God, as we write, what your spirit impresses upon our heart. God, let your voice come through. Talk to us, God. Speak to us, God. In Jesus' name. And all God's people agreed together and said, Amen. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Troy First Assembly of God. We would love for you to join us on a Sunday morning if you're in the area. Our address is 432 South Lincoln Drive in Troy, Missouri. Otherwise, you can connect with us on Facebook. The link for our Facebook page can be found below.